please join me for the call to worship that's printed in your bulletin. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Let us worship God. confident that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let's join together in the prayer of confession and then take a few moments to silently confess the wrong we have done. God of forgiveness and mercy, hear our prayer as we confess our sin. With moments so critical, we let time go by. With deliverance so near, we linger in the darkness. With Christ as our armor, we yet fear the unknown foe. With night having passed, we still hesitate to greet the new day. O oh God, lead us forth that we may meet the moment you graciously give us. Dispel the shadows so that your will may be clear. Clothed with light and new life in Christ, let us go forth as those awake to your will. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us, Christ rose for us, Christ reigns in power for us, Christ intercedes for us. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare to you that all you have confessed is forgiven and forgotten. By the grace of God, you have been made new. Thanks be to God. Then let us pray. Gracious loving God, we thank you for this time that we can lift up in prayer all those that are weighing heavy on our hearts, those that we have lifted up in voice today, and those that have stayed silent. We ask that you wrap your loving and healing arms and comforting arms around each and every one of them. We ask that you be with them, let them feel your presence. We thank you that some that have not been here for a while have come back, it is great. We ask that you be with all those that are traveling, all those that are sick that could not be here today. We ask that you be with our first responders, our military, and our political <coughs> leaders. We especially ask that you be with our political leaders so that they do your will and not their own agendas, that they put you first and your children first before themselves. We ask that you be with each and every one of us, and we ask this with the prayer your son taught us so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please join me for the prayer for illumination. Living God, help us to hear your holy word with open hearts so that we may truly understand and understanding that we may believe and believing that we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is Isaiah chapter two, verses one through five. Hear the word of the Lord. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation 
neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. May God bless to our understanding this reading from God's word. Our second reading today is from Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 to 44. But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in one field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must always be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of the Lord. Advent. It's hard to believe that it's Advent already. It's hard to believe that it's December 3rd. It feels like just a couple weeks ago, I gave out the Epiphany stars to everybody. And here we are again, celebrating and preparing ourselves for another Advent. Advent is a time to prepare our hearts. It's a time to prepare and look for that hope, the hope that we find in Scripture. Advent is a time when we we hope for peace. We hope for joy. 
the joy knowing that God is in our lives. And it's a time that we feel that love of family. It's a time we feel the love of God's love within us burning bright so that we can share that with others. But, you know, you can't get to Christmas Eve where we sing the beautiful songs and we sing Silent Night and lift our candles without doing the work of this upcoming month for these next four Sundays. You can't jump from hope right into celebration of the, the birth of the Christ child. Because if you do that, what are you hoping for? Hoping that you miss three more weeks? You can't jump right to Christmas Eve without thinking about what it means to have that hope, to have that peace, to have that joy, and to feel that love. You just can't go from Thanksgiving where you've celebrated something to the celebration of the Christ child, of the Christ child being born. You have to do the work. You have to prepare your hearts. And you know, in our day and age, that is so hard. All the busyness going on out there, all the sales in the malls or the cyber Mondays or the cyber Tuesdays or giving Tuesdays or this or that or give any day of the week, they're doing something, something always busying our minds, busying our hearts and taking us, taking us away of what is really important. And it's really focusing on and remembering what, what Christ and what God has done for us what Christ will do for us. It's time to remember and not just push it aside because, you know, I still have one more Christmas gift I have to get or I have to make that apple pie or whatever. I have to find that perfect Christmas tree. You know what? There wasn't a Christmas tree in the stable. Actually, it wasn't a stable of all likelihood. It was a cave. But there was no tree where Christ was born. It's where our hearts need to be focused on what was real, not what we made Christmas to be. It's what God made Christmas to be, the birth of his son and the importance of that. You know, people back then, back in Isaiah, thought that this was going to be a mighty warrior, mighty king coming. And all of a sudden, it was a little baby. And, you know, for that mighty king that was in the form of a baby, he had to grow up. They had to keep waiting for this Savior to come. They had to wait 34 years for this Savior to come. They needed that patience. They needed to continually prepare themselves for that. They had to continually be taught what it meant to be prepared for what the Christ, the Savior, would do for us. It's a time to prepare ourselves. Now, granted, we only have 20 22 days left before we can actually celebrate. Picture waiting 34 years. Or those that were in the wilderness where they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Just think about what it means to prepare your heart. If you heard the Christmas story today, would you remember it tomorrow? If you hear the Christmas story today that's backed up by other things, would you remember it tomorrow or the next day? Or would something cloud your, your mind because there's so much to do in our lives? After all, you know, we still have to work. We still have to put food on the table. We still have to mow the lawn or decorate the tree or decorate our houses or go visit family. There's just so much to do. And yet, 
the only thing God asks us to do is to be still and stop. Take time to be with God. Take time to be with God as he, as God tells you the story. As God tells you all those stories and all those things foretold through the prophets. Don't just push God aside because there's so much to do. Easier said than done, push the other stuff aside. But you know you can't do that either. But it's trying to find that balance. That balance where you, you take time. You take time and be still and you listen to what God is telling us this season is about. It's in the Gospel of Matthew. It talks about being with God and going on that right path. What is right? Which way to go? You never know when Christ will come, when the Son of Man will come. We celebrate the coming of man on Christmas Eve when the Christ child is born. But who knows? It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It may not even happen in my lifetime. It may not happen in Avery's lifetime or Jacqueline's lifetime. But it will happen. And we need to be prepared. If we're not, then things are going to be just taken away from us. Our hope, our peace, our joy, and our love. Just like that scripture said, when it goes... Understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. If we stay prepared with the hope that Christ will come any day, then nobody can take that away from us. Nobody can steal that from us. We need to prepare our hearts and our minds for this season. And you know what? This season doesn't end on December 24th. This season should continue for 365 days, 366 days, depending on if it's a leap year. It should be an everyday thing where our hearts are prepared for the coming of the Son of Man. It's every day we should thank God that we can hope. That we can hopefully attain that peace. That we feel that joy. And that we get to share that love with all those around us. It's not just because it's the first Sunday of Advent that we should be thinking about hope. We should be thinking about that all year round. The stories that we'll hear during Advent are ones that have been foretold. Foretold through the prophets. Foretold so we know what is about to come. Now, we all know what's about to come. We've all heard it before. We know what Christmas Eve is. We go through the Christmas story. We say Mary gives birth and all that kind of stuff. But there's so much more in those stories than just the words that you hear. There are feelings. There are special times. There are moments in those stories that we need to stop. And be still and feel what God is trying to tell us. Not necessarily hear, but feel what God is trying to tell us. So as we go through this Advent season, know that God is with you. 
God is with you knowing that you are hoping for the coming of the Son of Man. God is with you with your hope that there will be peace on earth someday. That God is with you with that joy in your heart that you get to share that with others and that love. God is there. God is that love that we share with each other. This is not just a 22-day thing or a four-Sunday thing. This is a discipline. This is how we should be on every day of our lives. Thanking God for that hope, peace, joy, and love. Amen and amen.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for these gifts and for the givers. Please provide us with the wisdom to use these gifts to further your kingdom. And we ask this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 